0: Hey there, this is Keith Carpenter. I get to pastor Epic Life Church, and it's such a, a blessing that you're watching this today. I wanna to encourage you to in, um, enjoy this message and enjoy this worship in time. But I also wanna encourage you that if you're listening from a different place in this city or in this country, and you have a local church that you're part of, that you invest into that local church. It's really good that we can hear people online, men and women teach and expound on the scripture. But in the long run, we need to go back to our local church and be part of that community so again it's a blessing having you here i pray that this is a blessing to you and i want to encourage you to invest in your local community have a great morning it's so good to see you this morning and we're going to continue this time of worship but i've asked a friend of mine to read a prayer that he wrote this morning and he and a lot of you know todd and he's going to read a prayer for us Todd, come on up.
1: thanks to God and keep it real. You will end up with less resistance and more love you will feel. Think of it and do it much more often. You will feel very good and the rough edges will be softened. Thanks God so Thank God's Son Jesus, He is the one. That will add up to a very large sum. The Holy Spirit always try to include, the guardian angel makes sure also gets used. Put them all together and no need for just fear. We will end up in heaven and we won't have to steer. Forevermore and most is all good. When we're all in heaven, all this is understood. Ask for forgiveness from Jesus. Use the righteous crew. That is the team that will always be happy. Know at that time, it will not just be crappy. All the people you knew that you loved will all be with you and pure as a dove. Thanks again, God. I am looking forward to that day. Thank you, God, very much once again. That is the way. God bless
0: Yeah, Father, we give you this day, and uh, thank you that you give us opportunity to worship you together. In the name of Jesus, amen. The kids can be dismissed down t- downstairs. Uh, if you want to give somebody a high five in the name of Jesus or a-, a wave and hello, do that, and we'll get back together here for the message soon. So I've asked Scotty to to walk through um, as we're going to keep going through the book of Matthew. I've asked him to walk through that with me um, over over the time, and and we've been going through. The Beatitudes recently, um, and we're going to continue that today with verse twelve. But but just ask them to sit down with me and kind of look at this from a uh, a Jewish perspective. Um, and if you don't know, Matthew was kind of written to more of a Jewish audience uh, com- compared to like John or, or Luke. Luke was written to an individual who was probably uh, um, a Greek, a Roman, uh, and John was written and Mark were were written more to a Greek audience. Matthew was written to more of a Hebrew audience. <laughs> and so it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of hear from Gotti as we go through this a little more and continue to understand about Matthew. So wasn't that fantastic? I uh, love that we can be a church that, that can share in testimony and uh, and just do this. So thank you so much. And and if you don't know Gotti, please meet him. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Uh, he also has a, a daughter, um, Indy, and, and she's Oh, a little sick today maybe but um so meet them please. So we're gonna talk um on into and just just for a few minutes. I know you're thinking, oh great, now we got an hour sermon from Keith. Uh <coughs> sorry. No, just for a few minutes. I I promise. Um it's only a page and a half. <laughs> that has hasn't meant much in the past. Um so we're going to look at, at uh, Matthew seven twelve, And so you guys know this. This is the golden rule. Do to others what you would have them do to you. This is the essence of all the things that are taught in the law and the prophets. This is a beautiful verse, and we go back to this. Uh, in fact, most of the world, most of the religions of the world have a golden rule of some sort. And actually, it's almost the same, except every other religion, every other um, people who say something like a golden rule idea— They're all from a negative perspective. In other words, what you hate, don't do to somebody else. Where Jesus turns it, and he turns this thing, which is probably a common saying throughout history. I mean, it's very old. This kind of saying is old into uh, before Jesus, hundreds of years before Jesus. But it's always very much from the negative perspective. And Jesus turns it, and he says it from a positive perspective. Listen, do to others what you would have them do to you. And this we call the golden rule. At the beginning of this, the very first words actually in Hebrew, or in Greek, I'm sorry, the very first words there is this word, therefore. So some of your translations have that in there. It says, therefore, a New Living Translation doesn't. uh, But that word is actually very important here therefore because therefore is a transition and we want to transition from what we've been talking about into what jesus is about to talk about and he kind of takes a turn the golden rule this verse 12 is a turn in the sermon on the mount into what's coming up is is this turn that's very important and so this transition transition is from what we've been learning and so the therefore goes all the way back and i say this every week but i'm just trying to get this ingrained into us to understand that the the Sermon on the Mount starts at verse 17 of chapter 4. When Jesus steps out of the wilderness, he steps out of the wilderness. Uh, he was tempted by the enemy uh, to turn, to get, lay his, his uh, God self down and, and worship Satan or worship himself, really. <clears throat> and so Jesus steps out of that, and he says, as, as he says no to the enemy, He says to the people for the very first time, he began to preach. This is what Matthew 4, 17 says. Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of God is at hand. As I'm reading through this first part, keep in mind verse 12 that says, therefore, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so he starts with, listen, men and women, people who are listening, Listen, the first part of this is repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And shortly after that, he would grab his disciples and he would call them by name and he would call them over. And he says, come and follow me and I'm going to teach you how to make fishers. I'm going to teach you to fish for people. I'll make you fishers of men. And so they left their nest behind and they followed Jesus. This is super important because if we read verse 12 and we're not Christ followers, verse 12 doesn't have as much meaning and much depth. It can just be a negative saying that's been happening throughout the years and throughout the world in different religions. But this is something different. Jesus has a perspective here that he wants to fill in. And so after this he calls the disciples, he uh, helps us know that we need to turn to God. He then reads and and says the Beatitudes, which I'll read here. God blesses those who are poor and realizes their need for Him. Remember the therefore. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the entire earth. God blesses those or blesses those who are hunger hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You are the salt of the earth. He goes on to say, you are the light of the earth. Therefore, treat others as you would have them treat you. After talking about the salt and the light, kind of this turning point, uh, uh, us understanding who we are to the world, once we repented and and we're following Christ, we're we're bringing people to God, we know that we are now the salt and the light. We make the earth taste salty. We make the earth taste good. We make the earth where there's light, there's illumination going on, and people can see and start understanding, kind of like Aaron did in your life. There's a moment of being able to see and understand. <clears throat> and then Jesus went into talking about the law, actually, he goes in and he starts talking about teachings uh, about the law, about anger and adultery and divorce and vows and, and different things that have been taught to the, the Jewish children for years and years about taking revenge and, and loving your enemies and, and teaching about the needy and prayer and fasting and giving and receiving and, and judging others and money and possessions and all these things he starts teaching in here. He tar- starts teaching about effective prayer and then he turns it and he says, okay, Pause. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. When I think of the word essence, the first thing I think about is like a flower, right? Um, Christine had me plant these flowers this year, and they're yellow. I don't know what they're called. What are those called? You don't know what I'm talking about. Calendula. Yes. Calendula, right? And And then she goes out there and picks all the heads off. And then puts them in this jar and dries them. And something, I'm pretty sure something's gonna come out of this, and it's gonna be the essence of this flower, right? It's gonna be this the essence of it and it's probably gonna heal all of our woes and problems in our skin. I don't know <laughs> what it's gonna do actually. But it looks pretty in the dark. But w- when I think of essence, I think about of taking the essence out of a plant of um and often that happens, there's lots of things that we can take the essence, the oils I guess in a way, um and and we, we can smell it, we can uh, use it for a balm in different ways. And so the essence <clears throat> Jesus is saying, this is the essence, this rule, this golden rule that I'm giving you, he doesn't call it that, but this rule that I'm giving to you, this is the essence of all that was taught in the law and the prophets. Therefore, do to others as you would have them do to you. This fulfills or distills the essence of the entire thing. We'll kind of, we'll, we'll back up just a little bit to chapter 5, verse 17. Don't misunderstand why I've come, Jesus says. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish the law. So it's, it's actually quite common for Christians nowadays, New Testament Christians, to kind of throw away the Old Testament altogether. We just study the New Testament. We just want Jesus, more of Jesus, more of Jesus, and that's fantastic. But we need the Old Testament. The Torah is so Important for us to understand who Jesus is, right? Gotti, I'm learning some stuff here. So it's really important that we understand the Old Testament. So part of our discipleship groups, if you're part of a discipleship group, we read through the Old Testament. We're getting into New Testament. And with the, the memory of the Old Testament brewing in our heads, the New Testament actually has meaning. I can't imagine what it would be like to grow up understanding the Torah from a Hebrew perspective. How amazing would that be? And then read the New Testament It's like, Mind blown. That'd be so awesome. So Jesus is saying, he says in this, he said, I haven't come to abolish the Old Testament, basically. I, don't misunderstand. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. And so he's talking about this old, what we call the Old Testament. He didn't come to abolish that. He came to fulfill it. And so so in the golden rule, this is the beginning of him uh, turning to fulfill the Old Testament. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law of Prophets. Does this remind you of something else that Jesus said? Maybe over in Matthew chapter 22. At the end of Jesus' life on earth, he's in Jerusalem. He's heading towards the cross, and and he had just had the the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and those days are happening. It's the last week of his life, and he's continuing to teach And part of what he's teaching to his disciples and those around him and Pharisees and others, he's continuing to teach them um, the the last things that he just needs to say, right? Um, I can imagine him going, give me more opportunity. I got so much more to say. The end's coming. I need to say more. So Matthew 22, verse 37, he turns to some Pharisees who are trying to trick him, trying to trap him. And so the Pharisees, uh, one of them, an expert of the law, expert of the old testament tries to trap jesus with a question teacher what's the most important commandment of the law of moses and jesus replied you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your mind this is the greatest commandment remember what the second part is verse 39 the second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself kind of goes back to the the golden rule The entire law, he says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. So listen to this. This is really important that we hear this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The entire law, the entire Old Testament, and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. So if you're like me, I'm thinking in my head, what is it? What is it fulfilling? Is it really fulfilling the entire Old Testament? How is that possible? Is is it like you read the entire whole Old Testament and you get to a point, going, man, I need some fulfillment here. I need this to be to be to be to be ended or or give give me the the fulfillment. Like I hate movies, that you get to the end of the movie and there's no end. Anybody else with me? is like, end this movie. Come on. Would you just end this? Don't just, like, they ride off into the sunset. What happens next? They get in an argument. That's probably what happens. Like, I don't know where I was going with that. But listen, the Old Testament, it needs an end. It needs a finish. And Jesus is saying that this is the finish of it. This is the end. This is what completes it. This is the essence Of all of this, all this, you distill it down, you distill the entire Old Testament down, and you get one verse in the New Testament. That's bonkers to me. But it is also, we have to realize that keeping this new law, is not like Jesus came up with a new set of rules for us to follow to get to him. All right, this isn't a new rule, a new rule that if you don't keep this rule and you fail in this rule, then you can't get to the kingdom of heaven. And so the Old Testament was taught, like, here's the, here's the rules. You have to keep all these rules, and if you keep all the rules, you'll get to go to God in eternity. But if you break one of the rules, you're guilty of breaking all the rules, and guess what? Nobody gets to be with God for eternity because we're guilty of breaking one small rule. And the same thing can be... In the golden rule, do unto others what you would like them to do unto you. If this was a rule that we had to follow to get to heaven, guess what? Many of us have broken this, and we break it all the time. We break it in the smallest part. We break it in the biggest part. We look across the street to our neighbors, and we're like, I ain't helping you. And we have this thing about this rule, and it's this word reciprocity. I'll get to that. Put that in your brain. But there's a difference between the golden rule that Jesus said and then Matthew 22 um, when he says the greatest commandment. The difference is Jesus adds, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love people as well. This is the essence of all the rules. So let's back up a little bit. Back up, back up, back up, back up to, I don't know, Exodus 20? 20. That sounds like a good place to back up. Ten Commandments. This is where our minds go when we think about the rules, right? Here's the law. It's the Ten Commandments. And so so this is Jesus saying, here's the essence of the entire Ten Commandments. See if you can hear the golden rule in the Ten Commandments. I won't read them all here, but it starts like this. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. So here's the rules. You must not have any other God but me. You must make for, not make for yourself an idol. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember to observe the Sabbath day. That go with anything, Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. But here's the rest of them. Honor your father and mother. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor, and you must not cover your neighbor's house. Sound like anything? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Every single piece of that is not a list for us to go, okay, I'm going to try today not to murder. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. But all of these have to do with somebody else, right? they're like they're all relationship with somebody else in fact i hope that somebody doesn't murder me so i'm not going to right i mean there's i'm do unto others as you would have them do unto you but guess what the people of israel looked at this and went okay we're going to we're going to look at these rules and then there's a lot more rules coming and there's the law uh, that Moses would have, and we decided that we had to keep every single one of these. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and other religious leaders would start coming over us, uh, people, and saying, you got to keep these rules, and we're going to keep them perfectly, uh, but uh, there's really nobody who can keep them perfectly. But God was never saying you have to keep these perfectly to get to heaven. In fact, do you realize that 430 years before the law was written, God gave Abraham the promise? It's the promise that really matters. The law is something that helps helps us understand that we can't be righteous, in essence. The law is is so hard, and it really pointed out to us, like, hey, um, here's the promise to Abraham. Here's the promise, and here's this. This will help you understand that, that you can't be ever be right before God on your own, that I give you a gift and it's a free gift and I won't take it back. The law has always existed, actually. This is from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. As he's going from an atheist wondering about humanity, he said there's something about the way humans treat each other. So there's something on their heart. There's something there. And the law is kind of this thing that, G, that God is pointing out to us. This is already on your heart. You guys already know this, actually. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. It looks like both parties, and he's talking about two parties that are arguing. He said, it looks like both parties had in mind some kind of law or rule of, of fair play or decent behavior or morality about which they agree. And they had, if they had not, agreed to it, they would not fight like humans, and quarrel as humans, they would fight like animals. Quarreling is trying to show the other human how wrong he is, and there would be no sense in doing that unless you had some sort of agreement and to, as to what's right and what's wrong. At one point, back in the 19th century and before, we called that the, the natural law, It was a natural law. We call different things natural law. But there was this natural law that everybody realized that was on the heart of humanity, all humanity, in fact, every single human on the earth. There's this natural law is you should do to me what You know, you should be kind to me like I'm kind to you, this reciprocity type of thing. And so when God presented the law, he was basically saying, hey, this is already on your heart. 430 years and before that, this is already part of what you already know. This is happening already. It's already on your heart. These are already things. This isn't like, oh, I shouldn't murder. Oh, I didn't see that one. This is is already on your heart. I'm just going to present this to you so you have it. But the The promise actually came before that. That's why in Galatians, Paul can come back and say, hey, it's not the law that saves us. It's the promise of Abraham that saves us. Paul tells us the promise that came first in Galatians 3. He says that promise came first, and that promise was irrevocable. The law just teaches us that we can't make ourselves righteous. God didn't change the rules. He didn't give a gift only to take it back with another set of rules. That would be kind of crazy if he gave the promise to Abraham and then came along the law and he goes, okay, just joking, the promise doesn't count anymore. Now you've got to follow a list of rules. That's not how God works. He didn't create something new. And just like the golden rule, he isn't creating something new, something more for us. There was the gift, the promise, and then the law that showed us our sin, and then the fulfillment. Jesus takes the guilt on his own shoulders and passes on the promise to us. Love God and love others. How does the golden rule affect us? Skipping. How does the golden rule affect us? Well, we like to say the golden rule in these terms. Do unto me as I want you to do unto me. Right? That's our golden rule. Uh, do to others as you want to do to others. Right? Right? Do to others as you want to do to others. That's our golden rule. And our golden rule is kind of messed up. But Jesus is saying something completely different. It's kind of like a pocket knife, right? This rule is kind of like a pocket knife. You know why I carry a pocket knife? I might need it. That's why I carry a pocket knife, right? Anybody else carry a pocket knife? You never know when you might need it, right? Am I right? You get to the airport, you don't got a pocket knife, and I guarantee you, you need a pocket knife. And so sometimes I've traveled to Oklahoma or something, it's like the first thing I purchase is a pocket knife because I know I'm going to need it, right? And the golden rule is kind of a pocket knife type of rule. Okay, a little simplistic, I get it. But, but it's this thing that it's always, it's always this rule in our life with, it, with every single relationship. Like every place we are, the golden rule exists. When we're serving coffee, when we're walking down the street, we bump into somebody. When we're, we're we meet somebody at Home Depot. When we're we're interacting with somebody, the golden rule, like always, exists. It's a constant. It's the essence of everything. So I'm going to call it the pocket knife rule from now on. It's always potentially useful. Now it's more. It's not just a knife. It's not just an instrument. Uh, it's not just a tool. It's a It's an instrument that continues to preach all the time. It says, use me. Use me to bless others. My tools at home in my garage, if they're just sitting there on the shelf and I only use them to take care of myself, what real use are they? Those tools aren't just tools. They are instruments saying uh, of blessing, like use me to bless others like you would have, you would want others to bless you. Recently, I had a friend, call me up and said, Hey, I have an emergency, I need I need something built in my house. I'm like, I'm there. I got the tools. I got the know how. I'll be over there to help. That's not an open invitation. <laughs> no, it is, but you know, I'll send somebody else. The tools say, use me. I want to bless others. Use me as I would want others to be to to uh, bless me. Ready to help. Going out of my way Honesty, truth, the, the golden rule is looking at others honestly, looking at truth differently, stopping and, and thinking and considering others and, and how they're going. But what it doesn't say is like, oh, that guy treated my, me that way, so I'm going to treat him that way. That guy kicked me in the shin, I'm going to kick him in the shin. That guy did that, I'm going to turn around. That's the rule of reciprocity. You're going to get a tit for tat, a thing for a thing. You're going to get one for one. It's going to be, I'm going to give you back what you deserve because you gave that to me. It's more than that. It's more beautiful than that. It's, it's me thinking, what I hope that person would do, I'm going to do first. What I, what I hope that, that individual, what I hope... My, my wife would love and care for me, I'm going to start by loving and caring for her. It's not saying, hey, uh, she wasn't so loving and caring, so I'm not going to be loving and caring back to her. That's a reciprocity thing that, that spirals into a vortex of doom and death. And Jesus is saying, hey, the promise, the fulfilling of the entire law boils down to, to, to others, what you would like them to do to you. Consider. Consider for a moment how you would want others to treat you. Consider how you want others to treat you. In fact, if you really think about it at a little different level, think about how we worship God. Consider how you want God to treat you. Is that kind of the perspective? Maybe we could, should, maybe turn back and worship and honor God and bless him in this world and care for others. The worldly man treats certain people kindly because he likes them. This is another C.S. Lewis. The worldly man treats certain people kindly because he likes them. The Christian, the man of God, the follower of Jesus, trying to treat everyone kindly, finds himself liking more and more people as he goes on, including the people he would not imagine himself to like at all. So we are not a a community of reciprocity. We're not a community of one-for-one, of giving back what somebody deserves. We're Christians. We love no matter what. We care with the rule that says, I hope they care for me, but regardless if they do or not, I'm going to care back. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege this morning has been to worship in music in prayer, in testimony, in your word, your amazing word. This word that has been given to us, that transforms us, that points not just to this this moment, this tiny moment in the New Testament, but points to the extravagant meta-storage of the universe. I praise you for that. May we be a people that are known for acting well, righteously, beautifully to everybody around us, loving others. God, may we worship you and love you like no other. May we love others as we would love for them to love us. And so as we do that as a church, and I see us doing that often, um, as I hear testimonies of people who talk to one another... I pray that we would get to testify to that, and we would share those on a Sunday morning with each other in the discipleship group. You'd give us opportunity to do that. We would then be bold enough to do that. And I pray that our off of our lips would just constantly roll. It was such a blessing to be able to do this. It was such a blessing to be able to love and care for someone. It's such a blessing to be able to bless someone. And I just ask, Lord, that inside of that, that people would come to know you as Savior as well. They would see a difference. There's a difference in these people who know Jesus. It's not just reciprocity. It's love no matter what. So I worship you this morning. And as a church, may we continue to thrive by making you famous in this neighborhood. May we rename this neighborhood and see it transformed by finding an epic life in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, why don't you stand, and we're going to sing another song with Justin and Leah. And uh, stand and worship, and pray, respond to God and what he's told you. Raise your hands, and then when we're done, we're going to share a few moments and just, I don't know, fellowship. It's going to be good. We put our trust in you, Lord, our firm foundation. May we live on that firm foundation and confident. And not go over to some sandy soil that's washing us away we live on you and lord may we treat others as we would have them treat us praising and worshiping you the whole time in the name of jesus we pray amen everybody online it's good to see you today and i hope you have a great afternoon uh, as we wrap up this morning and a couple things for you in.